You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Welcome, welcome, welcome to When Christmas Speak Talk Radio. Today's broadcast is Sister Brown, the Grace Minister Vanessa Williams. Her topic will be Stop Beating the Donkey, coming out of Numbers 22. We're excited to have her doing a live broadcast today for those that are joining us. We're excited about what she's doing and her teaching style. So at this time, what we're going to do, we're going to turn everything over to her, Minister Williams. Praise the Lord, Reverend Rose. How are you? How are you? And thank you so much. Well, welcome again. I, we are so excited, delighted that once again you decided to join us at this time. Um, I really do count it a privilege to be part of this wonderful network of brothers and sisters in Christ on this When Christians Speak Talk Radio uh, ministry, which was founded by Reverend Ray Rose over nine years ago. Here we expect people's lives to be changed in such a way that they'll go out and help make a difference in someone else's life. So I hope you're doing that. The title of this particular program under uh, When Christians Speak is His Abounding Grace. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about that. Um, that title was taken from Romans, the fifth chapter, and the 21st, which reads, where moreover the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You know, his abounding grace is a marvelous gift. And sometimes we take it for granted. But don't we know it's because of his grace that second chances exist? It is because of his grace that we're not consumed. It is because of his grace that the enemy is already defeated. So instead of using his grace as an opportunity to continue to sin, we should be continually praising God that through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, grace did much more abound. Amen. Well, tonight's broadcast is titled, Stop Beating the Donkey. And I know it sounds like a crazy title, but just hang in there with me for a minute and you'll see where we're going with this. Take it from Numbers, the 22nd chapter. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy, Lord God. We thank you because you're so awesome, Father. We thank you for another opportunity to serve you, another opportunity to share your word, Lord God. We, you told us in your word that when it goes out, it will never return unto you void. It will go out and accomplish that which you have purpose for it to accomplish. So we give you the honor, we give you the glory, and we give you the praise, Lord God. The ears will be open to receive and hear everything that you have for them tonight, Lord God. And that we won't just be hearers of the word, but we will go out and do what the word says do. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, my prayer again is to just to encourage you, you know, to strengthen your relationship with God. And, and if you don't, by any chance, if you don't have a personal relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, our prayer is that, is that this message will convict you and touch your heart so that you will want to know Jesus for yourself. Take a deep breath. 
take a step back. Relax. Pause. Stop trying to push your way through an unauthorized door, a door that God has closed because he has something better in store for you. Think back over your life. Have you ever been in a relationship that you prayed about, that you truly thought would end up in marital bliss only to get your heart broken? Then after such disappointment, after such despair, after much moping around, after much woe is me, you later found that there is still light in the vine. You found out that your one true love, a love that has endured over 40-some years of a God-filled marriage, still makes you smile. Only God could do that. Think back over your life. Have you ever been in a situation where it just looked like there was no way out? You cried, you prayed, you cried, and you prayed some more, only to find out later that you were much stronger because of it. You found out that you were truly an overcomer. You found out that it really was working out for your good, that trial, that tribulation, that test, prepared you for something much greater. Only God can do that. Think back over your life. Parents, did you ever have a wayward child, a teen who caused you to lay awake many a night, a teen who caused your heart to beat rapidly every time the phone would ring, only then, Years later, that same child, that same wayward teen is now sold out to God and serving as a principal of a Christian high school, only God. Think back over your life. Have you ever gotten a rejection letter from an interview regarding a job that you were so hoping would turn into an offer? Then after much disappointment, after much moping around, after much woe is me, you got a much better job offer. Only God can do that. Get this, what you may see as a rejection from God may just be a closed door, a roadblock to turn your attention, to turn your eyes towards a different direction, something better, something greater than you could ever hope or imagine. What you see as a failure might just be a phenomenal setup for the best comeback ever. I'm just here to remind you, my brothers and my sisters, don't be upset because things are not going the way you think they should. I'm just here to remind you, oftentimes you are blessed by what you don't see. I'm just here to remind you, to encourage somebody, that oftentimes what you frown upon may be one of the best things that could have ever happened to you. Oftentimes, whatever situation you find yourself in may be just the fuel that plays the greatest opportunity for you to shine and give God the glory. That trial, that tribulation, that issue, what you see as a stubborn donkey may just be a sign from God that you are going in the wrong direction. That may just be the path that he has, that may not be the path that he has designed for you. So, as the title of the message goes, stop beating the donkey. Stop seeing yourself as a victim and start preparing yourself for the greatest victory ever. That stubborn donkey in your life might just be doing you a favor. Now let's look at Numbers, the 22nd chapter. Here in Numbers, the 22nd chapter, we are introduced to two characters, two uh, people that we're going to be talking about this evening. We will be introduced to Balak, who's king of Moab, and Balaam, who is a non-Israelite, wicked, but honest prophet. Balak summons the prophet Balaam and asks that he put a curse 
on God's people, Israelites. Balak comes on the scene in the context of the time of the Israelites' journey to the promised land. Moab, the land that Balak ruled, lay on the east side of the Dead Sea. So we're going to start reading from the Message Bible, Numbers 22 and 1. The people of Israel marched on and camped on the plains of Moab at Jordan, Jordan Jericho. Elok, son of Zephor, learned of all that Israel had done to the Amorites. The people of Moab were in a total panic because of Israel. There were so many of them. They were terrorized. Moab spoke to the leaders of Midian. Look, this mob is going to clean us out. A bunch of crows picking the carcass clean. Balak, son of Zephyr, who was king of Moab at that time, sent emissaries, I mean, he sent messengers to get Balaam, who lived at Petro on the banks of the Ephraim River, his homeland. So Balak, who's the king's missionary, said, a people has come out, up out of Egypt, and they're all over the place, and they're pressing hard on me. Come and curse them for me. They're too much for me. Maybe then I can beat them. We'll attack and drive them out of the country. You have a reputation. Those who you bless, they bless. Those who you curse, they curse. The seventh and the eighth verse says, the leaders of Moab and Midian were soon on their way with the fee for the cursing tucked safely in their wallet. When they got to Balaam, they gave him Balak's message. Stay here for the night, he said. In the morning, I'll deliver the answer that God gives me. The Moabite nobles stayed with him. Then the ninth verse says, Then God came to Balaam. He asked, So who are these men here with you? Balaam answered, Balak, son of Zephyr, king of Bohab, sent them with the message. Look, the people that came up out of Egypt are all over the place. Come and curse them for me. Maybe then I'll be able to attack and drive them out of the country. God said to Balaam, don't go with them, and don't curse the others. They are a blessed people. 13th verse, the next morning, Balaam got up and told Balak's nobles, go back home. God refuses to give me permission to go with you. So the Moabite nobles left, came back to Balak the king and said, Balaam wouldn't come with us. The 15th and 17th verses says, Balak sent another group of nobles. He didn't give up. He sent another group of nobles, this time higher ranking and more distinguished. They came to Balaam and said, Balak, son of Zephyr, says, please don't refuse to come to me. I will honor and reward you lavishly. Anything you tell me to do, I'll do. I'll pay anything, only come and curse this people. Now, note something here. You see, the enemy is so shrewd. He retracts to anything to get you to go against God's will. If his first attempt fails, he would try to tempt you with something else. In this case, when the king's first set of messengers failed to convince Balaam to come to Balak, the king sent another group of nobles. The second group were more higher ranking and distinguished than the first messengers. And he increased the award amount. Oh, it might have sounded enticing to Balaam's ears. It might have been even more tempting than the first attempt. But don't miss this point, okay? The enemy wants you to fail. 
And he knows if he can get you off track, if he can get you to take your eyes off God, if he can get you to forget what God has already promised you, he knows he's got you in a position where itching ears are begging to be scratched. He wants you to doubt God's word. He wants you to forget that God, that what God has blessed is blessed indeed. He wants you to forget that God is a God of promise. He wants you to forget that God is not a man, the God that he should lie. What God has promised cannot be touched. But the enemy will stop at nothing to try and get you to lose hope. He will stop at nothing to get you to waver between two opinions. He will stop at nothing to get you to start doubting God. The enemy will stop at nothing to bring you into submission. Again, he'll stop at nothing to get you to change your focus. I mean, just take a look at Genesis, the third chapter, how he tricked Adam and Eve. You know, you know the story. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And so he says to the woman, Yea, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. Jesus himself, our Lord and Savior Jesus, was tempted in the wilderness by the enemy, tempted three times. In the Matthew, the fourth chapter, the NIV version says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So the tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. What did Jesus say to him? Jesus said, it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Did the enemy stop there? No, he did not. The fifth verse says, the devil takes him up to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he says, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answers, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Did the devil stop there? No, he didn't. And this is Jesus we're talking about, conversation between Jesus and the devil. Again, the devil takes him up to a very high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus says in the 10th verse, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So that lets us know that Satan would try to tempt anyone as he did Jesus in the wilderness. So back to the main text today in Numbers, the 22nd chapter. Initially, you see, the prophet Balaam did not appear to be swayed by what he knew God had told him, told him to do or not to do. But did he think God would change his mind about now him to curse God's chosen people? You see, the 18th and 19th verse, Balaam answered Balak's servants. Even if Balak gave me his house stuffed with silver and gold, I wouldn't be able to defy the orders of my God to do anything, whether big or small. But come along and stay with me tonight as the others did. I'll see what God will say to me this time. So the 21st says, God came to Balaam that night and said, Since these 
men have come all the way to see you, go ahead and go with them. But make sure you do absolutely nothing other than what I tell you. I pause for a minute. I want you to think about this. But make sure you do absolutely nothing other than what I tell you. Now, here's my question for you today, tonight. Did God tell Balaam to beat the donkey? Hmm. So the scripture picks up in the 21st and 23rd verse, and this is where we're going to be talking about the donkey, okay? Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went off with the nobleman from Moab. As he was going, though, God's anger flared. The angel of God stood in the road to block his way. Balaam was riding his donkey, accompanied by two, by two of his servants. When the donkey saw the angel blocking the road and brandishing a sword, he veered off the road into the ditch. Balaam beat the donkey and got her back on the road, 24th and 25th verse. But as they were going through a vineyard with a fence on either side, <clears throat> the donkey again saw God's angel blocking the way and veered into the fence, crushing Balaam's foot against the fence. Balaam hit her again, hit the donkey again. The 26th to 27th verse, God's angel blocked the way yet again, a very narrow passage this time. There was no getting through on the right or left. Seeing the angel, Balaam's donkey sat down under him. Balaam lost his temper this time. He beat the donkey with his stick. Take a pause for a minute. Heed God's warning. God gave Balaam three warnings. But he wanted to keep going and thought his donkey was being stubborn. He thought his donkey was being disobedient. He thought his donkey was being resistant to what he wanted him to do. God does warn us today. In this day, God warns us through his precious Holy Spirit when he wants us to listen, when he wants us to obey. But do we heed these warnings? Oftentimes, we keep on doing what we are doing, ignoring that small field voice. And then when we get in trouble, we ask God, why didn't you warn me? Why did you allow me to do such and such? Hmm. That's another lesson for another day. He did to his Holy Spirit. What a wonderful gift that Jesus left us. But do we truly appreciate and accept this gift of his Holy Spirit? Something to think about. Back to the book of Numbers, 26, 27 chapter, 26 to 27 verses. God's angel blocked the way yet again, I'm repeating this verse for purpose, a very narrow passage this time. There was no getting through on the right or left. Seeing the angel, Balaam stuck to sit down under him. Balaam lost his temple. He beat the donkey with his stick. Then God, 28th verse, then God gave speech to the donkey. God caused the donkey's mouth to open, and she actually spoke. She says to her master, Balaam, what have I ever done to you? that you have beat me these three times. Balaam answered, because you have been playing games with me, if I had a sword, I would have killed you by now. The third is first. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your trusted donkey on whom you've ridden for years right up until now? Have I ever done anything like this to you before? Have I? Hmm. Balaam replies to his donkey, no. Okay, so I ask you right now, here we are in 2022, what's going on with you? Do you find yourself in another trying situation? 
But have you forgotten that God is still God? Have you forgotten what he's already done for you? Have you forgotten his promises of yea and amen? Did he bring you through that other situation? Has he changed? If you believe that God is still God, why are you questioning him? If you believe that God has not changed, why are you so fixated on not waiting on God? If you believe the gift of the Holy Spirit, why don't you yield and seek his guidance? If you believe that God has everything in control, why are you feeding the donkey? Could it be, and I want you to get this, could it be that God brought a donkey into your life to grow something up in you? Could it be that this ducky is your thorn in the side to keep you humble and focused? Could it be that this ducky is being used to get you to study God's word and to get you to obey God's word? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. When it appears you are losing ground, do you still trust him with all your heart? When it seems like all hope is gone, do you buckle down and say, I will not be moved? Do you lean not to your own understanding? When it seems like you are off course, do you acknowledge God and ask him for wisdom? Do you believe he will direct your path? When your situation seems dire, do you steady yourself and be still, knowing, trusting, and believing that God is still God and that he will not suffer your foot to be moved? When the enemy uses man to tempt you to go off course, do you stand by God's word and allow scriptures to encourage you? Don't you know you are more than a conqueror through Christ? Romans 8, 37. Don't be led by anything other than the spirit of God. Romans 8, 14. Walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Don't you know you are redeemed from the hand of the enemy? Psalms 107 and 2. Cast all your cares on Jesus like he instructs in first scriptures and so many others like them. Do you allow the word to penetrate your heart and your mind? Do you bring every thought into captivity like Second Corinthians 10 and 5 instructs us to do? Stop beating the donkey and stop praising God. Seek wisdom from God. Stand still and trust him. Ask him for guidance. See if this is a roadblock from him. He won't steal you in the wrong direction. Back to Numbers, the 31st verse. Then God helped Balaam see what was going on. He saw God's angel blocking the way, brandishing a sword. Balaam fell to the ground, his face in the dirt. 32 and 33, God's angel said to him, why have you beaten your poor donkey these three times? I have come here to block your way because you're getting way ahead of yourself. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not, I would have killed you by this time, but not the donkey. I would have let her on. 34th verse, Balaam said to God's angel, I have sinned. I had no idea you were standing in the road blocking my way. If you don't like what I'm doing, I'll head back. The 35th verse, but God's angel said to Balaam, go ahead and go with them, but always say what I tell you to say, Absolutely no other words. The donkey spoke. This donkey was terrified at seeing the angel of God with his sword drawn. God opened his mouth and he actually spoke. This donkey had been with Allah for a long time. 
And even as the prophet confirmed, she had never disobeyed him before this incident. The 28th verse says, and God gave speech to Duncan. She said to Balaam, what have I ever done to you that you have beat me these three times? And he responded, because you were playing games with me. If I had a sword, I would have killed you by now. Then the donkey says to Balaam, am I not your trusty donkey on whom we've ridden for years right up until now? Have I ever done anything like this before? Have I? Hmm. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this position that the poor, scared donkey found herself in? She was thrust into a position of either obeying her master, her earthly master, Balaam, or being halted by the angel of God. So after the angel blocked the way entirely, she sat down. She simply gave up and sat down. By doing so, she actually saved Bilal from being killed. What did we learn from this story? Bilal's eyes were blinded, so he could not see what his ducky could see. But since his ducky had been with him for a long time, why didn't he realize there was a logical explanation for his behavior? The donkey wanted to obey his master. He wanted to move forward, but he was blocked by an angel of God. So how often do you find yourself in a similar position? If you do not strive to move a life that is pleasing to God, if you would rather rush off into your day doing your own thing and not seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you're going to miss it. If you do not renew your mind daily by focusing on the things of God, you're going to miss it. If you yield to temptation rather than the things that please God, you're going to miss it. How often do you try to push your head when God says no? How often do you try to push your head when God says stand still? How many times must God tell you no before you pause, stop, and decide to trust him? How often do you have a temper tantrum when things don't go your way? If only your spiritual eyes could be open. But isn't that where faith and wisdom comes in? Isn't that what we should seek from the Holy Spirit's help? If only we would counsel from God, like James 1 tells us to, God said he would give us wisdom and he would not hold it back. That's in the first chapter of James. Your prayers seem to go in answers, but if only you would trust him and seek his wisdom, your eyes may be open. Then you will understand how important it is to stop beating the donkey. Second Corinthians 4 chapter says in the 16th verse, says, therefore, we do not lose heart. So outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and monetary troubles or afflictions are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Get this. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal, praise God. First John 4, 4 says, Ye are little children, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. And I want to go to another content, another uh, Old Testament story. It's found in 2 Kings 6, chapter and 16th verse. 2 Kings 6, chapter in the 16th verse, um, let's, I'll tell you what, let's start with the 8th verse. Now, the king of Arab, Arab was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up a camp, my camp, in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place, because the Arameans are going down there. 10th verse. 
So the king of Israel checked out of the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. 11th verse. This enraged the king. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? 12th verse. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elijah, the prophet who is, is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom, the very words you speak in private. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, and they told him where he was. Then the king sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city, and this is where I want to get to. 15. When the servant of the man of God got up <clears throat> and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do, the servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those, are, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and saw that he was full of horses and chariots of fire all around the mission. So wrapping up this message, stop beating the dunk. Be still. Stay strong in the Lord. Trust him with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. You see, your situation may not may not look all that great right now. Everything may seem to be out of whack right now. Everything may seem to be going crazy. The circumstances all around you may seem despair, may seem terrible. But I say to you, I want to remind you, I want to encourage you, don't be moved by what you see. Your current circumstances should not dictate your trust in God. Sure, you've got bills to pay, and there appears to be no way. I said there appears to be no way. Sure, your food supply may be getting low, and sometimes you may get a little weary. Sure, gas prices are ridiculous right now, and sometimes you get a little weary. Sure, there may be times you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, but don't be moved by what you see. Don't be moved by what you fear. Don't be moved by what you hear. Stay tuned to the word of God, knowing, trusting, and believing that the best news outlet is the word of God. And the word of God will reassure you that the best is still yet to come. Sure, we may endure for a night, but guess what? Joy, our secret joy, will come from knowing, trusting, and believing in our Savior, and it will be manifested at the right time. God's timing, not our timing. You see, in spite of public times, and bad news all around. God is still God. He's still in control. I want to encourage somebody, in spite of what it may look like, in spite of what it might feel like, in spite of what it might sound like, God is still in control. He's still in control, and he's still working things out for your good. You know, this reminds me of an old song, uh, and I'll, I'll just share some of the words of the song that Andre Cross said. The name of the title of the song was through it all. And he, Andre sings the song. I've had many tears and sorrow. Many of y'all don't know this song. I've had questions for tomorrow. There's been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. Then the last chorus is, I thank God for the mountains, and I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he brought me through. Get this. For if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in 
do. Stop beating the donkey and stop praising God. Stop beating the donkey and stop thanking God for the mountains and the valleys. Stop beating the donkey and stop worshiping God. Worship him, why? Because of who he is. Worship him in spirit and in truth because of who he is. Stop beating the donkey and stop remembering all of his benefits. Stop remembering what he's already done for you. And remember, God does not change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. He does change the hearts and minds of people. Stay encouraged, my friend. There is hope. Stay encouraged. Be of good courage. God will strengthen your heart. All you that hope in the Lord, be encouraged. Whatever comes your way, don't forget. God's still in control. Be encouraged and remember that Christ is the solid rock and that all of the ground around you is sinking sand. Don't be swayed by what the world is saying today. Be encouraged, my sister. Remember, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Be encouraged, my brother. And just remember who God is. Who God is. So, Hopefully you've gotten something good out of this message, something you can chew on, something that would encourage you. And for those who have no idea what I've been talking about, you've been listening up, up to this point, and you really don't have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, I want to tell you right now, you can do this right now, this very moment. Because if you are hearing this message, it's not too late. Right now, he stands ready with his arms open to welcome you home. Bottom line, if you're not saved, if you're not repentant of your sins and accepted Jesus into your heart, if you are not one who says sure that you will spend eternity in heaven, listen very closely. Nobody can save you but Jesus. There is only one way to God, and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. John 14 and 6, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Acts 4 and 12 says, neither is there salvation and any other, for there is none other name <clears throat> under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So I ask you this simple question, are you saved? Are you born again? Have you made the profession that Jesus Christ is Lord? You see, Romans 10, 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Romans 3, 10, you need to admit that you are a sinner. But it says, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. So your works can't save you. Your works cannot save you. You need to be willing to turn from your sin. That's true repentance. And you need to believe that Jesus Christ died for you, that Jesus Christ was buried, and that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. But you see, Romans 10, 10 says, for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, Confession is made unto salvation. Through prayer right now, you can invite Jesus to come into your life, to become your personal Savior, and what a wonderful, brand-new life awaits you right now. So Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever, and you are whosoever, shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. What do you pray? If you're sincere, if you're not accepted Christ, if you're not saved, if you're not born again, if you're not one percent sure, that if you breathe your last breath right now, you will end up in heaven. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ shed his precious blood and died for my sins. So I'm willing to turn from sin. I invite Christ to come into my heart and my life 
as my personal Savior. Mm. If you just did that, if you just trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, praise God. The angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. And we, when Christians speak talk radio, are rejoicing with you right now. Right now because that's the best decision you've ever made. That's the best decision you've ever made. Now, read your Bible every day to get to know Jesus better. Talk to God in prayer. If you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as Savior, not only can you have the assurance that he is now preparing a place for you, you can have the assurance that there is rest in his arms. You can have the assurance that there is restoration in your father's arms. You can have the assurance that there is comfort, unspeakable comfort in your father's arms. And that's what I want to remind you. That's what I want to encourage you. That's what I want to reassure you, that it's already all right. You have the power now to stop beating the dust. You have the power to stop beating the ducky. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for the word that's gone out. We thank you, Lord, that God, they will not return unto you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for souls that have just cried out to you right now, Lord God. And we know angels are rejoicing, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that all who listen won't just be listeners only, but they'll be doers of your word, Lord God, actively seeking wisdom from you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, giving you all the honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to tell you, if you have any comments, or if you want to reach me, you can reach me on my website, which is authorvanessawilliams.com. Authorvanessawilliams.com. You can go to my website and leave a message there, or you can reach me on Facebook and leave comments there. You can always go to Win Christian Speak Talk Radio's website and leave comments there. God bless you. Now, stay tuned, please, because there are going to be some announcements from our station. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for listening to When Christians Speak Talk Radio. This is just a reminder. Kiss of Bound and Grace with Minister Vanessa Williams is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Declaring the finished work with Pastor Pat Randall is every Thursday at 12 noon. Friday Night Joy with Pastor Ray is the first, the second, and the fourth Fridays at 7 p.m. The Bread of Life with Pastor Ray is the first and the third Sundays at 7 p.m. Challenge to Change with Pastor Paul Morgan is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Our monthly broadcasts are as follows. Lifeline with Apostle Shirley Jones is every first Monday at 7 p.m. The Bold and the Beautiful with Reverend Norena Reed, Reverend Curtis Austin, and Minister Jordana Cunningham is every second Saturday at 10 a.m. Adoration with Evangelist Louis McIlwain is every third Monday of the month at 7 p.m. Marriage Takeover, the body of one with Pastor Eric and Pastor Tamika Thompson is every fourth Sunday at 7 p.m. Hour 3, Real Life, Real Men, Real Talk with Ray Rose, Antonio Mitchell, Tyrone Rose, Cleophus Malone, and Esther Green is every second Sunday at 7 p.m. Our weekly prayer is called Midday Glory Prayer with Reverend Gwen Dixon. It's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. This is a free conference call number. The number is 712-770-5505. The SS code is 732-499. Amen. Also, I want to remind you of Matters of the Heart Singles Ministry Broadcast. We broadcast every third Friday at 7 p.m. Our hosts are Renee Malone, Ray Rose, Hope Williams, Robert Waring, 
Maggie Wilson and Felicia Shears. We're excited about this group of people, of singers coming together and speak and say what does says the Lord. We also have the more newest broadcast called Spiritual Nuggets of Truth. And then what air on the second and the fourth month the other month at eight PM is led by Minister Carmen A. Booker. And we appreciate her coming on and being new to the family. Amen. We want to encourage you to go and check out our website of When Christmas Speak Talk Radio. And on that you can find a little bit more about the different hosts and a little bit more about uh, what we got going on, some of the previous broadcasts and platforms that you use. Also, you will be able, if you would like to sow a seed or a donation into the ministry, you can do that now by clicking on Donate Now. I thank you for your time, and again, I thank you for listening to When Christmas Be Talk Radio. God bless you. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.